Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Voice of Smart Digital Manufacturing, a 10-part industry podcast dedicated to the industries of tomorrow and how they can be enablers of fundamental innovation and disruption, a place that brings the promises to allow today's listeners to meet tomorrow's innovation. I'm Bettina Prümper, and I'm your host with Siemens Global Marketing. Before we start, let's shortly recap our last episode. We talked to Peter de Malouz about the Mendix Enterprise low-code application platform and how it unlocks power synergies and also knowledge and increase agility. If you missed it, feel free to go back and listen to it. In today's episode, we will be talking about the key trends and challenges in the electronics manufacturing industry. And in addition, we will discuss the crucial role of digitalization as It speeds up market innovations and being cost efficiently while keeping the highest standard quality. By saying this, I'm pleased to introduce or more to welcome back Aaron Manner. He's the Director of Business Development and Digital Manufacturing at Siemens Digital Industry Software. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for joining us again. This time we will talk about the trends in the electronics industry. But before we dive in. In a previous episode, you already talked a little bit about your role and background at Siemens. So now I would like to focus on your work during the pandemic. How did your normal workday change and what does the new normal mean for you? And maybe also, how do you like it? Sure, Bettina. I'll be, I'll be happy to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, my life has also kind of drastically changed in the last year and a half. Before the pandemic, I was constantly traveling every other week on a plane once or twice at least every month and with the global responsibility and somebody supporting electronics manufacturing, which as we know is, you know, located a lot in Southeast Asia, in Latin America, in Eastern Europe, I was constantly traveling to these far places. So spending a lot of time in, in airports, on planes, meeting people and also seeing production lines, you know, constantly seeing different production lines. And 18 months ago, that has completely halted. And honestly, since then, I haven't been on a plane. So from that perspective, you know, my work has really changed and I have to support and work with my customers and with my partners inside Siemens virtually right over, over the computer, over Microsoft Teams, using video conferencing. So this has definitely changed the way I interact and the way I can help and support uh, and partners. It's definitely made it a little bit more challenging to get a grasp of what is happening out there because of the lack of face-to-face uh, of -face meeting and the lack of travel. But I think, you know, we've, we've all adjusted well. The advantage probably is the agility, the ability to have a much more dynamic um, workday. And since also we're make, working in a hybrid mode about one to two days a week in the office and the rest from home, this really gives you much, much, much more flexibility. And some days, for example, I can start working at lunch and work very late supporting the US and California. Some days I can start very early, let's say five, six a.m., work with our customers and partners in China, in Japan, in Southeast Asia, but finish early and go to the beach. So this has definitely given me a lot of flexibility. It's also blurred the lines right between working and your personal life since the home office is always just a couple of uh, feet away and you definitely have to put, uh, put boundaries. But I think like our customers are also found it, it really is an opening to change and optimize, I would say, your day and achieve more and be more flexible. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thanks for sharing these personal insights with our listeners. It's really a pleasure to have you here again. 
talking about the new normal, from your perspective as an electronic expert, let's focus on the market trends. What are the major trends a manufacturer is facing in 2021 in the electronics industry? So the, probably if we look at the key trends or the mega trends, as some of our, you know, some people like to call it in the industry, the first one is this whole issue of lot size one. Now, lot size one is just an example and a really extreme example to try to make the point. But the idea is, you know, very, very small batch sizes, extremely high mix, and also much less volume. And a lot of our customers who were still maybe before the pandemic, still, you know, kind of a high mix, mid volume, have also gone into more and more mix, lower, lower volume, small batch sizes. Now, you know, who's to blame? Of course, we're to blame, right? Me and you, the consumers. We want personalized products. And we, we, we first wanted our computer personalized. Then we wanted these phones personalized. Uh, and now we want our car personalized, right? We want to pick what kind of features come in. Do we have the sunroof? What kind of safety equipment? What type of audiovisual? What type of infotainment system do they install? And this is really making manufacturers come up with a lot of different models, a lot of different flavors, a lot of different configurations, which means that at the end of the day, when they build something, they build a lot of one-offs, right? So it's really taking the industry from a lot of building to stock, right, to building to order and even engineering to order. And of course, that's a completely different art form. You could have been excellent at high volume manufacturing. Do you know how to do high mix? Not necessarily. So that's definitely a big shift. The other one is definitely the complexity. Electronics is becoming more and more complex. I think also here, to some extent, we the consumers are to blame. We want more functionality, right? We want more features and we want everything to be smaller, right? So we want the phone to be a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, but do, you know, extra things. Um, and in order to do that, they have to cramp in more and more electronics. So it becomes more and more complex, more layers inside the PCB, more packaging and system on chips. Now, all of this is, is making the manufacturing process more complex. It's harder to keep your yield up. It's harder to keep costs at the same um, rate. And this, again, is a challenge. It's one thing to manufacture one of PCBs with, you know, four layers and 10 components. It's a completely different thing to set up the entire process for a PCB with 16 layers and 900 components. Finally, and I was on an AWS panel the other day, and we were talking about um, cloudification and how applications are going to the cloud. And this pharmaceutical company, Tiva, they introduced their new asthma inhaler. Now, an asthma inhaler, we all know, right, it's that white thing that people breathe in to, um, to deal with their asthma. is a pretty mechanical thing. Well, now they have an electric one. Yes, it has a Bluetooth device. It connects to your phone. It collects how you're using the inhaler. It pumps it all to the cloud. Your doctor can now go into this dashboard and see how you're breathing and tell you that you're not inhaling enough. You only do it once a day. You're taking short inhales instead of deep inhales. Now, this is a great example of electrification, right? I mean, they took something very mechanical. They put in electronic components in it. And now guess what? It's an, an electronic device, right? And now the manufacturing is much more complex. Now, Tiva told us they have, they have no clue about electronics manufacturing, right? They're a pharmaceutical company. They know how to make drugs. So, of course, they had to bring in a lot of people, experts, outsourcing. They had to do, now they have to do a lot of tests. And I think this shows how electronics is really going into every device out there, whether it's a pump, 
whether it's a valve, you know, whether it's, a, it's some type of, of, of industrial machine. And this is, a, again, bringing electronics really into every, um, every part of our life. Wow, that's quite fascinating. So basically, you're talking about three major trends in the electronics industry. It sounds like the pandemic increased the product complexity and especially it highlights the need to speed up the production. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I think the pandemic is in the background here, right? It's accelerates some of these things, you know, it's driving more and more of them. But there's other, there, there are other um, effects as well. I think that one thing is definitely, you know, the uh, climate crisis that we're all witnessing, right? I mean, there is a huge climate crisis. We're seeing the uh, fires and the heat wave in uh, the Pacific US and in uh, Northwest Canada. We're seeing the damage coming from the flooding in Germany. And I think all what a lot of us are thinking is, you know, we, we better go and buy an electric car, right? Which again is going to just bring more and more demand um, of electrification for these electric vehicles. So we're seeing how, you know, these day-to-day -day things is really causing changes in production. Uh, the pandemic is definitely also having a big impact on the shortage of components. And that's due for the fact that at the beginning, they weren't really manufacturing that much components because of the um, lockdowns and when the pandemic started. And then I think now, because just, you know, people want to travel less in public transportation, they're buying more cars. We work more from home. We need more bandwidth. They make more and more networking switches and networking equipment. And these companies are just buying all of the um, integrated circuits out there. So there is a global shortage and they don't make enough cars because they don't have the electronic components. And that's definitely initially driven by the, uh, by the pandemic. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. So Aaron, I would now like to focus on the kind of support for the industries during the COVID-19 pandemic. How did you manage to support them and which solutions have been crucial for that? So, yeah, we've been working all through this crisis, you know, with our customers and helping them take this first journey, first step in the journey of digitalizing your factory. And I can give a couple of examples. So the first one is really automating, streamlining, harmonizing your PCB assembly and test engineering process, right? This enables a lot of things. First of all, build it right the first time. This concept that you simulate, you test, you do a lot of offline checks. So when you get it on the production lines, you make it and you don't find any issues. The second thing, of course, is accelerating the MPI process. Uh, we visited a customer a couple of years ago in the Benelux, and he told us, look, 10 years ago, I had one MPI engineer. Now I have 10 MPI engineers. If these trends continue, I'm going to have 100 MPI engineers in a couple of years, which is obviously not sustainable. I don't have the real estate. I don't have the money to pay them. I don't have the computers, the bandwidth. So I need to do with five MPI engineers what... I did maybe five years ago with 100 MPI engineers. And that's exactly what we digitalization can help us is at the end of the day, become more efficient and reduce this MPI process from taking something like in total 72 hours, we can take it down by at least 75% to something which is much, much more sustainable and reasonable. And the last thing is this whole concept of agility and being able to move the products between the different lines. So you have three lines, different vendors. You want to be agile. You want to be able to move this. We spoke about high mix, very small lot sizes. You can't be locked to a specific production line. And if you have global operations, the ability to really move production between sites because of in the past, it was mainly shipping cost and taxation. But now it could also be two things, weather crisis 
like what we've been we, we spoke about before, but also lockdowns and uh, and measures because of uh, of uh, of pandemic waves. I do want to um, um, highlight Funtronics, which is one of our customers, and we really did this exact thing. Funtronics is a is a small medium business in the Benelux, and they really adopted our solution for PCB assembly and test engineering and really digitalized their full process, achieving great return on investment. And there's a public success stories. So you can all go to that and, and, and read that uh, when you have a chance. The other thing that we did is start getting real-time data from the shop floor. A lot of our customers have an MES system, right? They manage the route. They know what's happening on the production floor. They know that the right product is going to be at the right place, but they don't have real-time visibility to what's happening on the actual machines. How is the material being consumed? How much material is available? What is the actual quality now? Now, as lot sizes are becoming smaller, you have to make decisions faster, which means you have to collect the data in real time and very quickly understand if your process has gone out of control because you better stop it now. You've got to do these type of predictions. And for predictions, you, got, you need very accurate and objective data. And we started really a um, um, partnership with Scanfield, which is one of the um, top 20 EMS companies in the world. We implemented a full solution with a lot of emphasis on, on this type of real-time collection, dashboarding, as well as shop floor analytics. And we also have a very nice webinar published in that with an interview with the um, Scanfield Global Head of Production, where we talk at some of the challenges and how this solution has helped them take the first step in digitalization. It sounds like Siemens tried, and also I have to admit, obviously also successfully to be a strong and reliable business partner during the pandemic. So now I would like to hear more about your experience as industry director. In your opinion, what should manufacturers focus on in order to try to overcome these challenges? Sure. So first of all, let's let's try to try to find a, a you know one type of solution for each key trend that we mentioned in the, in, at the beginning, right? So first of all, let's talk about this high-mix manufacturing. Let's say that you were a low-mix, mid-mix, and suddenly you're becoming high-mix, a lot of changeovers, you maybe had a shift with one changeover or maybe even no changeover, and now you have to do 10 changeovers every, uh, every shift. What you probably need is a good solution for planning and scheduling, right? Unfortunately, ERP systems, and it's not their fault, they don't I have the ability to do really good finite planning in electronics and especially in PCB assembly because they don't have that type of modeling of the SMT machines, the pick and place machines, the inspection machines, test machines, and the unique machines which are used on the PCB assembly production lines. In addition, they're usually not connected real time to the inventory and to the amount of material on the shop floor because we know that there are what we call pickup errors, right? Uh, components fall off. So you thought you, you have enough components for this batch, but actually turns out you're running out of components and you have to do something. Either stop production, get more components from the warehouse, get more components from your supplier because you don't even have them in stock. And you can't make these planning decisions if you don't have a good solution. So I really think that with a good comprehensive APS system, advanced planning and scheduling, which can really model both the PCB assembly, the SMT machines, as well as the post 
SMT, the manual assembly, the through hole, the box build, the system integration, and really give you a good way to plan this and provide finite planning, looking at all of the resources and all of the bottlenecks is a key enabler for Hymix uh, manufacturing. If you can couple that with a very strong intraplant logistic systems, managing the material between the warehouse and the consumption points, that is probably something that can really improve how you operate. And at the end of the day, increase your utilization of the machines significantly, which means you manufacture more with exactly the same resources. The other thing I think you can you need to tackle is we talk about complexity, right? Complexity is, is there. There's nothing we can do about it. In many cases, we don't choose what we manufacture, right? We manufacture what our customers want us to, to do, whether we're um, an integrated OEM and this is coming from our design, design centers or we're a contract manufacturer and this is coming from our external customers. They dictate what we have to build. Now, where if it's more components, more complex, it takes us longer uh, to do this whole new product introduction and to program the machines. We need a lot of inspection machines, test machines, electrical tests. Um, we probably have flying probe. We have optical inspection, X-ray inspection. And we really need a centralized platform that does all of this NPI takes the bomb data, the CAD data, merges it together, runs some analysis designed for manufacturing, says, okay, we can build this, and then starts to hash out all of the different data sets required by the different machines. And if we can connect this to some type of PLM, such as, you know, the Siemens Team Center solution, we can also control all of the different variants and all of the different revisions and really come to a very robust solution. Lastly, I would talk about mechatronics. And we spoke about this electrification. This means that, you know, going to a customer and say, I have the best SMT, PCB assembly, and, you know, solution is nice, but that doesn't solve my whole problem. On the other hand, going to a customer and say, look, I, I have great solution for CNC manufacturing. I connect to the CNC machines. Again, doesn't solve the whole solution. So we really need a holistic end-to-end -end manufacturing execution platform, which can collect data and control the manufacturing process across the production lines and across the different manufacturing systems. Now, we have a customer, an A&D customer in the aerospace and defense, and we visited them, you know, about six months ago. And what we saw there is that the product spends about 10 hours on the PCB lines and then another 13 days after SMT, in different stages of box build, system assembly, discrete manufacturing, CNC, there's press metal fit. So there's a lot of different types of manufacturing, which is probably 90% of the time. So yes, we need to optimize and we need to make sure we utilize these SMT machines the best we can because they're extremely expensive. But we need a holistic system and we need one traceability record for the whole solution. And I think, you know, you really need to look at the partner that can give you this type of end-to-end -end solution. Thank you for this detail and also clear answer. It seems there are a lot of important aspects manufacturer must consider in order to, to overcome the current challenges. So I have one last question for you. What will be the next step for the electronic industry? So, yeah, I think, you know, we need to uh, tackle this issue of the costing, right? Costing is always an issue, bomb costing and quotation. We know from our customers that in general, you know, contract manufacturers, they typically only win about 10% of the bids they answer. 
So if I'm a contract manufacturer, let's say mid-size contract manufacturer, about 150 employees, three production lines, somewhere in Western Europe, I probably for every 10 quotes that I send, I only win one, right? Because maybe time, cost. Now, the margins are pretty limited, right? So I don't want to give quotations which are not accurate because if I do win, I don't want to lose money at the end of the day. So I have to generate the quote. It has to be specific enough that I don't lose at the end of the day. But then again, since my winning rate isn't that high, I don't want to spend a lot of effort. And today, it's a real challenge. We have a couple of customers where they have, let's say, five NPI engineers doing the machine programming, but they have 15 people um, answering quotations, getting, you know, talking with the different suppliers, getting the different bomb information, understanding how much it's going to work. It's going to cost to assemble and test the, 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 um, the product in order to really build an accurate quotation. I think that's something that definitely the industry needs to improve. We are working on some solutions there. And I think that, you know, digitalizing this whole costing and bomb engineering part, which is not necessarily, right, the core engineering, the core CAD, but it's more the financial aspects of estimating the cost, estimating how long it's going to take to build each product accurately estimating the yield, the labor involved, the testing involved. That is something that we really have to go and digitalize um, if we want to uh, improve our margins, deliver on time, and, and really improve the business. That's really interesting. Thank you, Aaron, for your time discussing such a great topic on how are the key trends in electronics manufacturing affecting digitalization or digitization strategies. You probably gave our listeners a lot of material to think about. We are excited to have you here again in the future. Thank you, Bettina. And of course, thanks to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, click the subscribe button and leave us a review and rating to help us spread the message of these extraordinary visionaries. We have recorded over 10 episodes and we want to bring you more exciting content just like this. In the meantime, we will be working hard on putting together episodes for your auditory pleasure. Also, for further information, you can visit us online at Siemens.com and use the contact section to reach out to us. This is the voice of smart digital manufacturing, and I hope you will join us again for our next podcast episode. Yeah.